Is it possible to be a voice in wool without speaking a word about wool? If you are Lior Patel, the 42-year-old professional drone photographer from Haifa, Israel, my answer is yes. His fascination is with the sheep themselves. Recently, Lior found himself a bit of a viral sensation after posting a short time-lapse drone video in which hundreds of sheep move from pasture to pasture in swirls and puffs and streams across the landscape. It's absolutely mesmerizing. His story has been picked up on all three national news channels in Israel, and in fact, he had just gotten off the phone with the BBC when I contacted him. I'm curious to find out what he learned about sheep during the seven months he filmed this flock from the air, what drove him to embark upon the project in the first place, and why he thinks his work has resonated with so many people. Lior, welcome and thank you for talking. You're welcome, and I really wanted to do this. It, it feels different. Walk us through how does a crazy week of going viral unfold, and how far has this gone? Oh, um, so Thursday I, I decided that I, I'm finishing the project because the, the sheep arrived at summer pasture. I did the shots. I knew what I was looking for because, really, uh, it's been such a long project, and I had, I've been there for so many times that for the last meeting I knew what I need. So I told them, uh, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And really they hosted me open-heartedly every time that I came. And I know farmers and everyone in the agriculture business are very busy people. And not always they have the best day and conveniency to speak to me. Mm-hmm. So I went back home. Uh, it was Thursday, Friday. Mustafa called me and said, can you send me a couple of clips? I put together that specific clip, that clip, just to give it, send it to Mustafa. Mm-hmm. I kept it on the computer. I said, yeah, I'll upload it to my Facebook. Uh, I have a nice uh, cousins and family that always uh, leave the most embarrassing comments, <laughs> but I love every single one of them because no one says, yeah, you're a great photographer. So, Sweetie, you're so good. <laughs> I love you so much. It doesn't look professional. I appreciate these comments the most, but they never look professional. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what, let me get my ego fixed in other small nature-loving group on Facebook. I shared it to only that single group, went to drink coffee, came back from the kitchen to the Mm -hmm. computer, and I saw people shared it for 20 times, and I said, wow, that's nice. Left the house completely, came back two hours later, and started to understand that something has gone completely, completely, completely beyond my control. I couldn't believe believe it, so I thought that Facebook's algorithm is wrong or something is wrong. It's not happening. And then I started getting emails, and I realized that it's really happening, and it, it never stopped until this point, this minute. It's still, it's still, I'm looking at the phone, and I'm overwhelmed. But... I know that as fast as it came, it will just vanish in a day or two. And I, I accept both sides of the rope. You have a very grounded perspective on these things. I'm 42 years old. I've seen a couple of things. <laughs> no, and I look at the younger generation and I know that everything needs to be very immediate. You take a photo, you upload it, you tag it, and you, you want it to succeed. And I came from a very long project. These past seven months... It wasn't always convenient for the family that I'll go and spend a couple of hours with the the herd, the flock. I just realized we call it flocks. 
So I took my time and it happened. I don't know. I'm enjoying it, but I know it's going to go away very soon. So here's my question. Why sheep? When you drive by the countryside, I have no direct connection to sheep or the farming industry, which I love and adore every chance that I get to work with the clients in that industry. But you know, when you drive with your car on the countryside road mm-hmm. and you see a flock of sheep on the side of the road, or if you get super lucky, you see them when they cross the road, and you're like, wow, that's a really nice, that's a really nice sight. And combine that with knowing that you own the aerial perspective of it, because I carry my drone always with me. Uh-huh. Always, always. Mm-hmm. And so I said, huh. How will it look from, from above? I, I, I got a chance to shoot uh, smaller flocks, but when I set my mind to spot or locate a mega flock in Israel, it's good. Uh, 1,700 sheep is mega flock. Okay. I knew I had a mission. I need to find a large flock and farmers here. And it's a small country. So every farmer knows everyone. And if he doesn't know him uh, directly, so he knows the guy that grows uh, cabbage, mm-hmm. I have phones in my uh, contact list, you know, like Avi, cabbage, uh, John, <laughs> carrots, uh, <laughs> Mo- Moishe, potatoes. So now I have Micha, sheep. And uh, <laughs> so he directed me, gave me the phone number, and I just uh, contacted Shepard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I invited myself. He invited me. And it, it happened. So what did they think of this person coming in and filming their flock? Did they think it was strange or like, hey, why not? First time I got there, the shepherd called Mustafa, he told me, yeah, a lot of people come here with their drone and take a couple of shots. So nothing was not normal for him. I took, I did my work. I fell in love instantly. I said goodbye to Mustafa. I knew deep in my heart that I'm going to come here as often as I can. So the first time was meaningless to him. Mm. But when I got actually pretty obsessed about it and I used to visit him once a week or like whenever something happened, he sat down with me and said, why do you keep coming? Mm -hmm. And I told him I'm addicted to long-term projects. I'm not addicted, but I, I believe in long-term projects. Mm -hmm. And he said, what's going to come out of it? At the end, I said, I have no idea. (laughs) I live in a city. And uh, I have to be honest, sitting on a green hill, uh, drinking coffee with Mustafa and his family and uh, watching the sheep in the field, the drone becomes secondary to all that. Mm. So part of me just wanted to be that fake farmer, you know, pretend <laughs> to, to live that life. Mm-hmm. I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing, but, but I'm, I'm speaking very honest. Yeah. But he knew that I'm shooting. I told him, listen, something's going to come out of it. I'll show you, I'll show it to you in, in the end. And he just accept me, the, the total acceptance. He said, you, can, you, you don't need to call me. You can just show up. Stop calling me because Obviously, I guess it bothers him sometimes, but he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't admit it. He never made me feel uncomfortable about, cause I call him and I'm like, Mustafa, where's the herd right now? When are you coming back? Is there any unexpected motion? Are the fields still uh, super green? Cause in January, they were super lush green. And uh, it was very important for me to document different stages for the land itself, for the sheep as well. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, I don't know. We, total acceptance. He loved it. You know, Lior, when I was researching sheep from a wool perspective, I found a similar thing. It seems like people in this industry are so used to being overlooked for shinier objects that when anyone comes and expresses a genuine interest and curiosity and openness to learn more about what they do, they are just extraordinarily generous. I, I don't want to sound very general, but it feels to me that no one dreams to become a farmer at least here in Israel, everyone wants to close themselves in a nice office with air condition. And that's how I feel. And it's very important. For, that's why I insisted on taking TV crews uh, that covered the story mm -hmm. to the farm. And I have specific text mes messages to the producers telling them, listen, I'm the smallest part of this story. There, there are great, great people over there. Give them most of the time. Uh, screen time that you can. And you know what? They started talking about their troubles as uh, farmers on TV. And I, I think that's very, very good achievement for me. It is. Yeah. I, I think they liked the attention because it's getting a lot of attention. They, uh, they said it clearly, but they're usually overlooked. And usually that it feels to me that no one wants to do agriculture as a first choice. It's true. And yet we desperately need food. And yeah. it's it's a noble profession that involves a lot of hard work. So there's there's no no shame in it. Yeah. Oh, there's super pride in it. The way I see it. Absolutely. You did this for seven months, correct? Yeah. You have a very unique vantage point, being able to watch the flock from above, where the farmer is always watching from the ground. And I'm curious, in your time observing the animals and watching them move from place to place and navigate the terrain and navigate each other. Have you observed anything about their character or their behavior, things that you expected or that surprised you about the sheep? From the aerial point of view, and obviously during seven months I accumulated, I think, hours of footage. Mm, wow. I noticed the motion within the motion of the herd, like the 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 micro motions in the herd itself like if some sheep are going too fast the dogs will make them go into a like a waiting circle at the airport <gasps> where it's too busy I, I i'll show it i'll have to, i have to send it to you i'd love that in, like not in super fast speed in normal speed you see them they create a waiting circle for the sheep that went a, a bit too far and they spin in circle and perfectly blend back at the end of the line. Wow. That's one thing. So the motions, motions within the general motion of the, of the flock mm. is fantastic. I'm still investigating it. And by the way, one of the great things I got uh, contacted by uh, the major university in Israel from brain research department. <laughs> no way. They want the entire footage that I accumulated and they want to apply mathematical algorithm on the sheep to try to understand how they flow across the field. Wow. So that's another thing. And the cute part was the privileged sheep. Mm. There are a few sheep that are allowed by the dogs and by uh, Mustafa to do whatever they want. And I used to run to, in the beginning, used to run to Mustafa and tell him, listen, there's a sheep running away. <laughs> And he said, no, 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 she'll be back in, in 30 minutes. She knows, she, she, she knows what she's doing. 
And you know what? I drink my coffee. 30 minutes later, the ship is back. Wow. Yeah. It's nice. So the, the motion within the motion is the spectacular thing to see from above and the more meaningful. But I don't really understand what's going on. I'm assuming. I asked Mustafa and he confirmed it. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I'm not sure. And the privileged ships are uh, the nice, cute thing that I found out. That's fascinating. I didn't didn't know that either. Yeah. And then, of course, sheepdogs are just brilliant beings in their own right. Yeah, I, tr- I tried to figure out. I think they're the, the real story behind it all. Mm. Uh, I tried figuring out how they do it. Mustafa told me that they give the dogs basic training, like come, sit, or whatever. But the, the teaching them is done by the older dogs in the flock. I don't know how it works, the mechanism behind it, or how they, they don't bark, minimal amount of barking, by the way. They're not aggressive towards the sheep, but they manage it perfectly. I'm amazed by it, but I'm far from understanding anything in it. And have you heard that they're doing experiments with replacing sheepdogs with drones? I've never heard of it. Sometimes they even equip the drones with a barking sound because the sheep got used to the drones and they wouldn't move. And so they had to add sound to the drones to make the sheep react. I'm hearing a job opportunity right now. <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, no. Maybe this is it. No, but, but no one will write a book about the drone while for that specific herd, uh, flock, excuse me, there was a book that was written by a very famous uh, writer in Israel, Meir Shalev. He wrote a book specifically about this uh, flock, mm-hmm. and it's called uh, Panda is Going Out to with the Herd. It's about a small dog. Mm. Yeah, so I don't know. I think there's only so much that technology can replace the great little things in our uh, life. Mustafa will never, never, never take a drone instead of a dog. Never. It's a, it's, I see it in a very romantic way. I know I sound naive and obviously there's money involved and the entire industry, but I don't know. I, I wish it will never happen. That's my point. So I'm curious on a, on a bigger perspective in the work that you do, you see the world from above. And it's a very distinct vantage point, whether you're filming container ships, those are amazing videos, Uh, by the way, or flamingos, or harvesting equipment in fields. What about that vantage point or that perspective appeals to you? So I started as a, I can call it the ground or normal classic photography from the ground. Mm -hmm. I loved every part of it. And then I start, I, I just bought the drone because I said, let's see what everybody's talking about a couple of years ago. And it just caught me that there's, there's no specific thing. But once, once it was in the air and I saw the different perspective, because I am part of the world that everything new looks better. I, I can't deny it. <laughs> so in, in, in some way, yeah, of course, not totally. So I think I said, wow, there's a different perspective. Let's, let's get into it. And then I stuck to it, stuck with it. It stuck with me. I don't know. I'm not touching my ground camera for, I haven't touched it for a long time. Wow. I feel sorry about it, by the way, now that I'm saying it. <laughs> uh oh, no. I <laughs> no, don't mean to. I, I, speaking of long term projects, I moved in with a hundred years old homeless person that plays an accordion on in the street 
when I was a ground photographer and I moved in with them for two weeks. It's not, only to find out that he's not really homeless. He's a Holocaust survivor. And he does it purely for fun. He donates every cent that people don't, donate to him. He lives in a, in a better neighborhood than I live, used to, uh, that I live right now. So yeah, the, the, the ground camera took me to beautiful places. And, uh, and then I got licensed by the civil, aerial civil authority here in Israel. And it became a, a job that I love, but I stuck to it. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I let things flow. I don't know. I have a I have a woo-woo theory about sheep in particular, and maybe it's just because they've gotten me where I am. But yeah. they in particular seem to be really good guides for humans. Okay. And I wonder if that's part of why people have responded so deeply to this, because we have lived with sheep for seven to 10,000 years, and we're so disconnected from them now that people seeing this and the beauty with which you've captured it, it's triggering something in us that resonates like we're we're seeking that connection yeah sheep is a dominant animal in everybody's life mm -hmm. since they're a kid in one way or another like kids books you can always find a fantastic book about sheep watching sheep uh, and then understanding uh, the herd theory implemented on people or on actual sheep there's a connection all the way we are moving as a mega flock of sheep. In a philosophical point of view, we are. Even the, the people that are not in the consensus, they are, by the way, the people that are in the waiting circle that I told you earlier about. At the end of the turning around and waiting circles, you're part of society. You're, you're part of the entire pack. Maybe you can be that privileged sheep that comes back 30 minutes later. Uh, in the clip, you can see sheep running between the entire flock against the direction of the flock just to grab a couple more bites at the end of the field. But as soon as they finish their uh, experience outside of the herd, they know they'll be at, back with the herd at one point. So I see it as very similar to humans. You can be n not in the consensus, but at the end of the day, you're part of society whether you're on top or at the end, in the middle, or in the in the waiting circle, you're part of that general movement, and you just need to find your spot. And allowing these uh, waiting circles and going back to, for an extra bite or being privileged is part of the grace that comes uh, together with 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 the humanity. Do you does it make sense? What I'm saying? This makes profound sense. And I'm glad you mentioned that, that one moment when they're all moving through that tiny little opening. And then meanwhile, this whole cross section are, they're moving back yeah. through it. And, but they all, they all make room for one another. Yeah. They all are part of the whole. At the end, they will still, the group's going that way. I'm going to go there. They understand that's for companionship, that's for protection, that's for food. Exactly. They just know to be together. Exactly. That it's in everyone's best interest yeah. to stick yeah. together. Yeah. Exactly. I'm curious, what does your family think of what has happened? Okay, my, my older daughter is 12 and my younger one is 7. She's not 12. She pretends to be 12. She's 11 and a couple of months. And she, she knows way better than I, than me, 
about what's going on. She, know, she understands viral, the younger generation. I didn't understand what's going on. It, only three days into it, and I really understood that something big is happening. They like the attention. Kids these days, we're trying to teach them what's important. And it's like, she always tells me, I want to be famous. Mm. Tolo, you, you, you can't be famous for wanting to be famous. You, you need an entire process of doing something, whatever it is that you're going to do, do it. And if you do it well enough, the consequence might be that you'll become famous. But they're enjoying the attention. And you know what? That kids show, uh, news channel, kids show news channel, that the, the interview they did with me was so important for me because this will vanish in a couple of days. No one will care about the sheep. But this is a fantastic memory for the family forever. Having them doing an interview with me while my wife had to leave the house because we just, we just got a beagle. Uh oh. Yeah. We should have had this conversation <laughs> earlier because we got her and then she started barking in the house and said, wow. And we read on Wikipedia and they said that one of the reasons that beagles are using for as uh, hunting dogs is because you can hear their barking from one side of the forest to the other. Uh-oh. And, uh, and I said, oh my God, we should have read this earlier. <laughs> no, but the entire, all, the whole family is proud. So what does an international viral drone photographer superstar do next? I will never go viral ever again. <laughs> Be careful what never. you say. I've done nothing this week. Zero. But uh, interview and dealing with this. I like the attention. I like it. I like it. It's fantastic. But it's, it's not what's next in terms of uh, going viral. But I, I think I'm going to dig deeper into long-term projects. Mm. I'm looking for the next one. I need the process. That's a good takeaway from this, that it does feed you doing the longer-term work. Yeah, yeah. And it's tough when you are a creative person, but you also need to be able to have an income and support a family and have a house and all that. So you have your commercial side, but you also need to continue feeding that separate pocket of your special creative side. Yeah. And that's sounds like that's what this has done. I set a goal in my life to find myself in good places, in, in good places that accept me and that I want to be there. I do it when I work for a living, I only do things that I like. Personal projects are fantastic. And thank God I have a great family life. So things are good. If you chose clients you didn't like, I think the love for all of this would die very quickly. So it's in your own best interest to pursue work that feeds you professionally, no matter what you do on the side. I'll tell you one thing. 20 years ago, my sister passed away mm. and I was pretty, pretty old by that age. I was 20 and I knew then that I'm going to live my life the proper way. Mm -hmm. Not, not in terms of being super rich. I never want to be super rich. There's, it's not even a goal, but I want to have peace. Mm -hmm. I want things to be just for me. And that's in the photography part, obviously. And that's how I uh, realize it. By, by taking these projects for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm very, very focused on living a good, calm, and relaxed life. Yeah. You've actually turned down financial offers for this clip, haven't you? Oh, so I got the first email was 
a day after. I respect it. It's a work. It's a job. That's what they do. It's, it's nothing bad. But they offered to, how do you say, distribute it mm -hmm. for me. I just came uh, from beautiful scenery with fantastic animal and, and uh, Mustafa and karma was surrounding me in such a beautiful way and people shared it people loved it I, I tried to follow whatever everyone what they're writing when they share my posts and everything looks so beautiful and people are so complimenting I'm overwhelmed and putting a business into it was uh Not even an option. Your goal has never been to be a reality show superstar oh, no. who makes millions licensing content. <laughs> okay, I, I have to tell you this. this is, we have three news channels in Israel. Only three. Mm -hmm. All three of them did a story about Oh, me. wow. But yesterday was a deep story. We went back to the uh, flock with an entire TV crew and they did a nice story in the evening news. And today I went out to throw the trash. I just left the house and there's a nice lady older than me stopped. I've never seen this lady. And she said, that's some nice work with the sheep video. I was so embarrassed, so embarrassed. And I said, what? How do you know that it's me? And she said, I watched the news yesterday. <laughs> and I said, huh? Now, but it will pass. I know it will pass. It's okay. The entire instant craziness is... I don't, I just don't like mm -hmm. it. I don't accept it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm too old, but I'm, I'm trying to teach my kids to commit to processes. And yeah. yet the video is time lapse. So it's sped up. Ha ha. Because <laughs> one of the problems is that people don't have the patience to watch a 10 minute clip of sheep walking super slowly. That's true. That, like, sometimes it looks like it's a still photo. And uh, I'm taking you back to the beginning of the conversation. Mm -hmm. I had to send the clip to Mustafa and WhatsApp only limits the video to like a minute and a half. So I had to chop it down short. So, so it was the medium that dictated the length yeah. of your video. Yeah. This means that your next video can be like super slow with five hours of just one sheet. No, the, I, I, the next, by the way, I think I'm go, um, I started following, uh, what do you call a, a camel caravan <gasps> in the Judean desert? I already visited there once. I felt like I'm cheating on the sheep <laughs> by doing it. They forgive you. But, I think I'm going very slow. No one will care. No one will have the patience to watch it, but I will like it at the end. Well, for everybody who wants to follow your exploits, whether they be the camel caravan or anything else, I will put your Instagram handle in the show notes. And it is your name, Lior Patel. Yeah, there's nothing too important going over there. But sometimes I upload things that I think that are nice. Well, Lior, I just want to thank you again for creating such a beautiful piece of work and for taking the time to talk to me. This has been such a pleasure. It's the most interesting conversation and, and fun conversation that I had about it since we started. I'm, I'm going to call my wife. She's in the street with the beagle. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to tell her she can come back home. This has been a conversation with Lior Patel, the 42-year-old Israeli drone photographer who spent seven months observing a large flock of sheep from the air. The short time-lapse video he threw together for the shepherd and put online for what he thought was just a few photographer friends has since become an international phenomenon. 
Voices in Wool is made possible by members of the Wool Channel, a member-supported platform, publication, and community dedicated to giving wool a voice in the world. To find out more, including how you too can join the flock, go to thewoolchannel.com. I'm Clara Parks, and until next time, bye-bye.